Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. I apologize, it's been a little while since I've been able to get an episode on. It's been a little hectic uh, getting things done. been working extra hours. Um, but I wanted to do today's podcast over Henry Miller. Um, this is a topic that I often, or I should say an author, that I often wanted to teach uh, in college, but colleges tended to shy away from him. Uh, Henry Miller, if you're not familiar with him, has the reputation of being a writer of dirty books, uh, partially because there are a lot of his books and a lot of parts of his books that do have graphic sexual descriptions. Uh, But this is only a small part of his books. Even the books that are considered his uh, most graphic books, that still only comprises a very small part of what the book is about. Um, Henry Miller is someone who actually is extremely influential in the 20th century as far as for other writers. Uh, The beat writers were influenced heavily by him, and the 60s writers were also influenced heavily by him. Uh, The Tropic of Cancer, one of his best-known books, was actually banned in this country uh, until the 60s. Um, It was considered pornographic and illegal, and it actually took a Supreme Court case before the book was allowed to be sold in this country, along with other books of his. So you can see where colleges would want to shy away from teaching Miller or letting him be taught. Uh, Their criticisms about him have been he can often be seen as misogynistic, uh, overly sexual in content, Um, but this is a large part because he is mixing three things together. He's mixing his autobiography with fiction and with philosophy. So a lot of what's going on in Henry Miller is not just the story of some guy going wild. It's it's the story of how does a person struggle against what society expects. You know, Henry Miller in his own biography, uh, up until he's about 33 years old, uh, lives a more or less conventional life. He gets married, he has a child, he's stuck into a job that he hates, uh, and when he turns 33, he kind of meets a woman who uh, causes him to kind of abandon all of this and and move off in a different direction. Um, Now, this is often, from a psychological perspective, something people might dismiss as, well, he hit his midlife crisis. You know, he did what he was supposed to do, got halfway through his life and felt uh, there's no point to any of this, I'm moving on. And that does begin to cover a little bit of it, but not really very much. It's that's just sort of a, a cop-out, because what he's looking at is not just his life, but society in general. Um, as he's going through his books, a large part of his uh, discussions in the pages are what does it mean to be an artist? What does it mean to be a writer? What does it mean to be a human being? You know, these things are things that are being challenged. If you remember from the lecture on the uh, history of uh, literature, when we talked about the modernists, uh, Henry Miller starts out in the modernist period and kind of carries over into the postmodernist period. But even the things he wrote during the modernist period are much more postmodern than they are modernist. Um, in the modernist period, if you remember when we talked about in the 20s and 30s, there was a growing amount of uh, dissatisfaction with modern life. 
people felt that modern life was not going in a good direction. The wars, the uh, enslavement by work, the collapsing of all of the values and things that seemed to be rock solid before, and people were somewhat feeling cut adrift. Uh, Miller is someone who very much is uh, a representative of that, someone who just looks at modern life and says, really, this has nowhere to go. Uh, Miller ends up not only leaving his wife, uh, but leaving the country and moving to Paris for about 10 years. Um, his, his ultimate goal is to become a writer, but he starts out uh, as a writer who never writes anything in the beginning. Um, but his head is full of this is what he wants to do. And a lot of his unconventional behavior, uh, if you look at it, can be seen as a rejection of everything society wanted him to be. And when you rebel against something, you tend to rebel in every direction at once. You don't tend to rebel against one issue or another issue. You try to overthrow everything. This is why rebellion, whether personal or rebellion in a society, is often a very messy thing. Because there's sort of this feeling that we have to destroy everything and start over. Well, while you're destroying everything, you really don't have a plan of where you're going. <coughs> So a lot of Miller's life can be seen uh, as very much in turmoil, but also very much in line with a lot of what else is going on. Uh, you have a lot of people in after World War I and before World War II that were becoming completely uh, disenchanted with uh, American life in, in particular. You know, you have uh, writers writing about these people who kind of go off and uh, leave society. There was a big tradition uh, during the 20s and 30s of uh, what, what would be known as hobos, people who voluntarily left society. They didn't feel that working and getting a family and buying a house had anything for them. They felt it was a trap that basically enslaved them and made them uh, less than human. So you have a lot of people who sort of head out onto the road uh, you get people like, you know, folk singers like Woody Guthrie, uh, who do this, who kind of try to leave behind the uh, traditional life and try to find something else. So you have a lot of this going on. Miller is very much in a lot of ways part of this. Now Miller, uh, as opposed to a lot of the others, didn't head out first to see this country. Uh, Miller was so disgusted with this country having been in New York City all of his life, that he decides to leave for Europe. And the place he ends up settling in for about 10 years is in Paris. <clears throat> and as he's sort of breaks out of it, he sees that, you know, much of American life, as he felt, was about making money. It was about uh, becoming respectable and being in a job, as opposed to actually living and so his time in Paris is very much spent kind of immersing himself in a different kind of life, immersing himself in a different culture. He probably would have stayed in Paris a lot longer, but we have the, uh, in 1939, we have the breaking out of World War II, and he's sort of forced to come back to the United States. 
<clears throat> when he comes back to the United States, he kind of has the idea that he's going to do a tour of the country before leaving it all together. If you look at Miller's novels, um, they're, as I said, a lot of them are part autobiography, part fiction, and part philosophy. But if you want to put together kind of a series uh, that matches the timeline, you would actually want to read Black Spring first. Uh, then the next period in his life, Black Spring is his youth. The next period in his life is his time in New York before he leaves when he meets uh, what becomes his second wife, June. Um, there's several books that cover this time period. Uh, the Rosie Crucifixion series covers this time period, which is a three-book series, and Tropic of Capricorn covers this time series, uh, this, this time period, I should say. <clears throat> After that, his experiences in Paris, uh, he writes about those mainly in uh, Tropic of Cancer and a few other books um, that are smaller books, uh, but Tropic of Cancer is sort of the more comprehensive version of that. Uh, then if you, once he comes back to the United States, he writes a book called The Air-Conditioned Nightmare, which is basically his tour through the United States with a friend of his, Abe Ratner, uh, where he plans to finally see the country uh, before he leaves it forever. Well, along the way, he kind of ends up settling in in Big Sur, California. And so the sort of latest or I should say the later version after that of his uh, semi-autobiography would be Big Sur and the Oranges of Hieronymus Bosch. Uh, this covers the years he settled in in Big Sur. Now there's also a series that is kind of hard to get a hold of, um, but there's a series of letters that he wrote to Brenda Venus um, that have been published in book form. And this is kind of like the last four years of his life. Uh, he's an 84-year-old man when he meets her, and she's about 29 years old. Um, he sort of falls in love with her, and they have this uh, relationship through mostly letters. They do meet a couple of times, but it's doubtful if anything ever occurred since he was in pretty frail health by this time. So if you're looking to kind of get an overall arc of his uh, biography, I guess you could say, um, that's a good series to, to read through all of those and in that order. Um, but each one of the books uh, in itself, you could go to any of them without having read the other books. Um, because a large part of what is in each book uh, has to do with his meditations on life. So he will, yes, in a lot of, the, especially the earlier books, have passages that deal with sex, but the majority of the passages deal with the things he sees, the ideas he comes across. Um, so it, it really acts as a critique of modern life, and in particular a critique of American capitalism. You know, he saw a lot of what people were living for uh, as being very shallow. And this is also something you can see in a lot of other writers. You know, if you look at <coughs> another Miller, uh, <coughs> um, Death of a Salesman, uh, this, this is by Arthur Miller, uh, you can see a similar theme. The idea that the uh, dream of America, of being a businessman, of being rich, is really a shallow dream and causes you to miss out on most of what's really important in life. So Miller is very much in that tradition of looking at the 
shallow consumerism of American society and kind of rejecting that and wanting something more, wanting a life that deals more in experience, uh, puts more of an emphasis on art, on music, on literature, on just living in general. <clears throat> so it's kind of a, a rejection, and this is something, as I said, you would see in a lot of other writers in the time period. Now, in future podcasts, I do plan on doing more uh, on Miller, and I do plan on going into sp- some specifics on particular books, uh, but I just wanted to give you kind of a little bit of an introduction to Henry Miller uh, and a little bit of a sense of maybe you should give him a try because his books contain a lot more than just uh, pornography, which is what they're usually dismissed as. Uh, if you really want to see someone who is a philosopher who kind of really holds up life uh, under a microscope and looks at it from different angles, uh, Miller is definitely worth your time. I'm going to break off for now. I hope all of you are doing well, and I will talk to you all again soon. Thank you.